welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed, and a very warm welcome to everybody listening. Uh, this is episode number 101, not to be confused with room 101 because we wouldn't have enough time for all of that, but it's not been the usual chaotic week we've been accustomed to recently, but it hasn't been without an incident or two, so let me stop rambling on, let's crack on. As always, we start with our friends over at the Supporters Club. Yep, so two trips to tell you about, the final two of the season, there's Luton this Friday, the 14th of April, good Friday, coaches depart Brisbane Road at noon, the cost of that one is £20 with £17 of concessions. Also worth noting, this is an all-ticket match, so you will need to buy a ticket before you leave. And in the last trip of the season, the promotion party in Blackpool, Saturday <laughs> 6th of May. Coaches depart, half past 10, the match kicks off at half past 5. And now, uh, this looks even more appealing, this trip, with the news that it will cost you only 10 English pounds to go, which is an amazing uh, price. So well done to the supporters club for getting that price and hope to see as many of you down there as possible. So yep. you can book at the supporters club on match days or by calling the travel line on 077 Yeah, very good. Very good shout by the supporters club there. Should be packed out. So we mentioned it last week. Um, in about two weeks' time um, on, in the supporters club on the 23rd of April, there's going to be a quiz Starts at four o'clock. Cost is eight pound a head with teams uh, of up to eight. Uh, Sixteen team maximum uh, capacity. I think eight or nine teams are already uh, set up, so there are a few spaces yeah. left. So don't delay if you're into your quizzes, and I'm sure this will be without exception that this will be a terrific quiz. Um, get in touch. Uh, there will be price. Uh, the price includes sorry half time reset. Uh, re- no, no. Prices include half time refreshments, and there are two ways that you can register to enter a team. You can email LMD. That's L for Lima, M for Mike, D for Delta, eighty five at hotmail.co.uk or you can call Lee on 07833-297-258 and the real fundamental point of this is that all the money from the quiz all the money raised is going to the uh, Loft Regeneration Fund so this is a, a, an alternative to the auctions that we're currently running and I think Loft have got one going this is a real yeah. you know, bit of entertainment, bit of fun and, and all at the supporters club and, and raising money for an extremely worthy cause. So uh, the email address again is lmd85 at hotmail.co.uk and the phone number is 07833297258. Yep, so moving on to our latent Orient Trust update. So thank you to Howard for sending us the update. And as always, we appreciate all the work that you guys do uh, for the club. So he says... Thanks to Ada for his antidote and insight during the stadium tour on Thursday. And then he just says, there's an Easter football course for boys and girls aged 5 to 12 years run by the Trust on the 10th and 11th of April from 10am to 3pm each day. And the cost is only 20, first, sorry, £30. And bookings can be made by calling 0208 556 5973 or by emailing courses at leightonorienttrust.org.uk. Yep, um, there is, uh, as you're probably aware if you've been on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram recently, <laughs> the Great Orient Outlook Auction. 
Uh, we've got an update on some of the things that we've uh, we've been doing there. We think it's really worthwhile mentioning yep. uh, this to you in case you're not aware. So, first of all, well done to Paul West, who won the Remain Vincelo shirt that he wore in the 14-15 season. That's the away shirt. He won that with a fantastic bid of £350. Yep. And well done to Stuart Minchin, who won the Warn, goal scored and signed Jay Simpson Philadelphia Union shirt. Uh, and his successful bid was for £350, a word unto Stuart. And that was the shirt that Jay's best mate bought back from Philadelphia about two weeks ago after Jay had played uh, against someone and scored his first goal. Yeah, that's the, that's that is amazing. the game that he scored yeah. his first goal in, in within 28 minutes, I think 25 minutes he'd scored. So yeah, uh, well done to Paul Howard who won the signed, worn and he scored his 25th Orient goal in Jay Simpson's boots. They got £150, well worth the money there. Yeah, and well done to Simon Anderson, who won the last ever worn Jay Simpson Leighton Orient shirt for £250. Yes, all fantastic bids. Large sums of money, I think you'll agree. So we do appreciate that not, not everyone's got the budget for it, but yeah. um, it is appreciated for everybody that is interested. And a massive thanks uh, really goes to Jay Simpson, who donated his boots and the Philly shirt. He actually was going to keep his boots as for his own personal memorabilia yeah. collection, but he thought that it would be better served with money raised and it, it would probably be appreciated you know more by by an orient fan so so far all those items raised total 750 quid so thanks also to lee goulding for donating jay's last orient shirt that that does take some taking to give it up out of your personal yeah, collection absolutely so currently we have a pair of worn and signed dean cox boots available uh, a Scott McGleish signed match-worn shirt from 96-97. And we also have a Greenwich Borough FC sh- shirt signed by ex-Iron players John Mackey, Gary Alexander, Bradley Pritchard and Charlie McDonald. So you can check our Twitter uh, pages or our Facebook pages for the latest prices on those. And we have a lot more to come in the next two to three weeks. We are still receiving uh, items from ex-players, ex-managers, to so make of that what you will uh, hey. and other bits and pieces really exciting so keep your eyes peeled as they're going to be a lot more revealed in the next two to three weeks and at the moment I think our combined uh, money taken is just over three and a half thousand pounds so we're aiming to get a few more we'll thousand get... pounds in the kitty before we do our large donation Paul's saying five I think we're going to get more than five do you ba- get more based than five? on the items that we've got yeah a million percent so okay. keep bidding and thanks for all your bid so far and if you haven't won yet you can still win because there's going to be a lot more coming out of the Great Orient Outlook auction. auction. Yes, (laughs) so keep your eyes peeled. Uh, Some announcements that we've got this week, as you'll be aware, sadly last week we lost Mr Orient Frankie Bish. Uh, His funeral service will be taking place at 2.15 at the City of London Cemetery. That is on Tuesday the 18th of April. So that's not this coming Tuesday. It will be the week. Tuesday after Easter Monday. Yeah, I think that's going to be very uh, very well, well. attended. Yes, ex players uh, current players I think are going as well and maybe yeah. one ex player I think Coxie said Coxie. he's going to try and go. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, great to see people from the club attending now. I think there'll be a very big late and orient presence there. Also yeah. our best wishes go to Martin Strong following his recent heart surgery. So Martin, we wish you better. We know you've been listening, you've been catching up from episode 98. So we hope now you're up to date and you're feeling better at home. Just want to say, loving your book and really enjoying it. So well done on that fantastic book and a fantastic read for all Orient fans. Yeah, Play With A Legend returns to Brisbane Road on Monday the 8th of May. This is your chance to play on the hallowed turf on Brisbane Road. 
You can either join John Mackey's side, Gary Alexander's side, or Kevin Lisby's team. Super. Yes, that's that's a third spoke in the world. That's yeah. that's terrific. That as it stands, there are two spaces left on John Mackey's team. There's three with Gary Alexander, and there are six with Super Kev. So do get booking now. Visit the Play with a Legend Twitter page or website now to book your place. This is well worth the money. Absolutely fantastic event. I done it last year. It was brilliant. I'll be doing it this year. Um, and yeah, if you can afford it, great day and just a great experience to do. So. Moving on into the week that was, so yeah. Monday the 3rd of April, Omar Risa spoke to George Sessions and reflected on his behaviour at the Wicked match and he said, I had a bit of nervousness, anxiety and excitement on Saturday because this is where I want to be. I have worked a long time to get to this point as a coach and as a player, when you get to the end of your career, you do think that management is something you want to do. Maybe I need to control myself more and be less emotional and maybe I shouldn't have had a pop at the referee or Wickham's coaching staff. I apologise to Gareth. Because do I really need to get involved? No. But sometimes you feel you get cheated and I don't like that. So a bit of a quote at the moment explaining his behaviour in that game. He also confirmed that he gave the players two days off following the Wicker match and they would be back for training on Tuesday the 4th of April. So coming on to Tuesday the 4th of April, nice little segue there. Yeah. Uh, the local Guardian uh, reports that the club's prospective buyers have tabled bids to purchase the club from Francesco. An unnamed American company is believed to have sent a letter to the club detailing the specifics of three tailored offers which the club have until 5pm on Friday to respond to. A valuation of £4 million has been placed on Orient and sources at the club claim the buyer is willing to match this price. Alternatively, they are offering a deal of £4 million minus Orient's debt to take the club away from Bichetti. If the debt exceeds the valuation, which they think is at around £5 million, the buyer is prepared to take on the debt and pay Bacchetti a million pounds to walk away. It's just which m- is a win-win either way. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just mad that Bacchetti doesn't, it doesn't seem to be entertaining What's any to of think these about? offers on the table. Something isn't working for you. Someone's going to take on your debt and give you a meal to walk away. Yeah, take it. Yeah. Run. You've you've taken Run. over a club. It's been Just an, do it. It's been an unmitigated disaster on every front. You've relegated them from two divisions. You've lowered the value of the club. You've ruined it from top to bottom, and you're still not walking away. What's what's going on here? And you still love get to some know. money back. Like I'd love to know. A million quid is still a million quid. Um, but we'll see on that one. Obviously, that's what everyone wants to know about. And. There's nothing really to report on there, even though we'll come to it a bit later. Yep, we will. So, later on in the afternoon, the club put out an update from physio Joshua Burtwistle, which includes the following updates on the following players. So, firstly, Alex Chizak uh, and Joshua said, we cannot put a specific date on his return at present, though it should be noted that he has made good improvements over the past week. Yep, and Charlie Granger, it was revealed Charlie will be out for at least a few weeks. Charlie is keen to return as soon as possible and the medical team are working hard to try and get him back before the end of the season. And have to say, Joshua, you must be an utter miracle worker because Charlie was on the bench <laughs> against Cambridge. So well done there. Brilliant. Ivan Erico, uh, Joshua said, we are hopeful that he will return to full training later this week. Yep. Um, Miles Judd withdrew from training on Thursday due to a back problem and he was deemed unfit for Wickham he will have a scan on Tuesday where we will then know more with regards to the injury so Nigel Atangana 
Joshua says we are aiming to manage his training load and are hopeful that he will be fit for this coming weekend. Barring any issues. Now, he wasn't, so we'll see what happens with that one. Yeah. Sammy Moore is out for the rest of the season, unfortunately, due to knee tendinopathy. Yeah. Don't know what that means. Well tendinopathy. Don't well know what pronounced. that means. Very good. If that was me, I wouldn't be able to say that. <laughs> Robbie Weir. Uh, Joshua said, Robbie is a great professional and is continuing to progress well. Robbie has an appointment with the knee specialist at Fortius Clinic in a few weeks' time to assess his progress. I mean, with Robbie, if he's still at the club next season, I think it'd be an achievement if he can actually start next season because that was a terrible injury that he picked up. So we wish all the players and Robbie all the best. Yeah, so just a couple more to, to round up on. Gavin Massey has been playing through the pain barrier for several weeks now. With a painful knee that was being managed by the medical team, however, he then exper- he then began experiencing an issue with his hamstring, which took him to the point where he couldn't continue playing. We pulled Gavin out and sent him for a scan late last week, to which the results flagged up a tear in his hamstring. At a push, Gavin will be back for the final game of the season against Blackpool. I think Gavin was on Instagram yesterday saying he's out for the season. Like it doesn't surprise he won't, me. He won't play against Blackpool. It's not worth the risk, is it? For what? You might as well not play, have a good summer, recuperate, and then be back for pre-season wherever he's going to end yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think you'll see Gavin Massey in a late oh, orange shirt yeah. again. Or oh, I'd be very surprised if he Shame was. for him, two back-to-back relegations. Yeah, good point. Because he came down with Colchester good last point, year. Very good point, yeah. And then lastly, Paul McCallum. Yeah. So Joshua said we are aiming to get Paul back for the game against Hartlepool on April the 17th at the very earliest. Paul's keen to return against Hartlepool, and fingers crossed... He will be back for them. So Do you know what? I'd see. like him and Victor Adebayejo up top. What, McCallum? Paul and Victor Adebayejo. Okay. Because what Paul doesn't do, Victor does do. And I think that could be quite interesting. But I'm not, yes. it's all yeah, ifs and buts, isn't it? Um, so very, very uh, thorough roundup uh, there from uh, the official channel. So thanks to Colin and Charlie and for Joshua for putting that out to give us an update yeah, on what's going good. on behind the scenes. It is appreciated and we do know how difficult things are at the club. So Wednesday the 5th of April, uh, yeah. as we stand now, when you think that things just can't get any worse off the pitch, late Wednesday evening we were told that the club are now not paying staff and players uh, on the following day, as was promised last week, and have been uh, been given a, have been asked to be given a few more days to sort the situation out. So, just as a reminder, as I'm sure not many of you probably need, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> um, the staff were paid on the last day of the month. That was a week ago on Friday, the 31st. They weren't paid, and um, this is because the bank accounts of the club have been frozen, and so the club or the owner and whoever were That's making alternative that, arrangements. It? Yeah, he speak, he's, he's just a mouthpiece for Francesco, yeah. really. Nothing more. Um, and they were promised just to be... They, they were promised that they would get paid on, on Thursday, Thursday the 6th. It didn't happen, um, and they've been asked for a few more days. So, you know, all the usual negatives that you can think of from me, plus a few swear words at the time, which I won't say on the podcast, but for me it's a disgrace and should never be happening. Yeah, I mean, really. I agree with you. You know, it's outrageous from Bichetti, and, you know, this story just does not seem to end destroying the football club from within it should be a shame like you said in his actions and you would think now would be the time for the PFA or the FA to step in but apparently not no. um, so those are our short views on that so your views had loads of tweets on it 
we'll go through a few of what we got and what we can read out on a podcast or on a yeah, friendly podcast show. there's a lot we can't read out but and that's that's fair but you know genuinely the Orient fandom are genuinely upset for those at the club Absolutely. that are going through this people, you know, people's livelihoods and it's their exactly. and, you know, most of these tweets will say that so from at Joe underscore Pavitt says sorry this is just outrageous the players should walk or refuse to play this way, with no business, FB will have will have to sell. Adam Mega tweeted saying, "Time to strike." Then this isn't on. There's people with bills to pay and mouths to feed. Hashtag Paquetti out. Yeah, John Crab Free says, "What a disgrace of a man! Just sell. Families and bills need paying. Players need to refuse to play until this is sorted." At unexpected item zero, such contempt from Paquetti should be met with a robust response from squad to take back some control. Hashtag no pay, no play. Yeah, good little hashtag. I like there. that hashtag. At El Cuadro says, how can the FA and EFL still refuse to get involved? This is completely beyond me. These people have mortgages, for God's sake. At Kevin Cowland, disgrace. Bank accounts will have been frozen since HMRC petition. So FB has had plenty of time to sort it out. Vile treatment of good people. Very good tweet, that one. It is. Andy underscore PO16 says, this is hardly surprising. No way is he ever going to stick one million quid in. Can only hope the clown is holding out to get a sale complete first. I think a few optimistic people were implying the same thing with that. Yeah, at Jaffa Shamuti said, if unpaid by Hartlepool game, how powerful a statement would a sit-down pitch protest by players and staff followed by fans be? Very. At the authentic Gaz says, like every right-minded Leighton Orient fan, I will totally back the players and staff in any action they now want to take. At Gooch Dog High Fives, mixture of sadness and massive anger at the way staff and players are being treated by Mr. Unfit for Purpose at our club. And this was a nice tweet. This was from a bl- at Blackburn Centre, which is a Blackburn uh, fan site, who said, Feel for Leighton Orient, great club with a great history. We know what it feels like, so keep strong. Better times will come. So thank you there to yeah. uh, those Blackburn fans for their support. Particularly as their plight this season isn't particularly good either. So yeah, yep, at um, Pet Denman uh, said, "No pay, no play." This employer has broken all the rules, but still allowed to continue to destroy people's lives. Yeah, Ox Ooch says, "What happened to the takings from Saturday's home game? Staff worked for free, handed money for the club, but none of it went into their wages." Great point. Where did that money go? Yeah, at Soph underscore Rosie underscore TFB. How can FB breach his side of their contracts and get away with it, but they have no say? My club is ruined. FA have done nothing. Yeah, to finish on this, Magnus Spugner raised another brilliant question. He says, if I buy a replica shirt, a season ticket, a programme, etc., where's that money going? Pay players and staff, question mark. Where's it going? Debts, overplaying players, paying off managers because of impatient chairman. It's not our fault, but we are the ones who are suffering. So it's thanks a really again good round up that. for all your tweets and they had loads. And as I say, we can't mention <clears> a lot of them because lots of f bombs dropping and uh, stuff. Swear like words that, so. that we can't possibly use on a family friendly show. <laughs> so Thursday, the sixth of April, the start of the new tax year for us normal folk. And following quite a few <laughs> tweets from fans. Uh, for players to strike for the upcoming Cambridge match, George Session reported that Leighton Orient players could potentially face the sack if they attempt to strike over their unpaid wages for March because it would breach terms in their contract with the club. In the same report by George, uh, he quote, quotes are featured from the PFA deputy CEO, John Brammel, who speaks on the situation at the O's. Yep, so John goes to say, we're speaking with reps at the club, and a colleague of mine is there today to try and offer advice. 
I have not heard any talk of a potential strike, but with regard to how the players are feeling, you can understand their frustration at not being paid. We're trying to help them cope and are trying to help the players pull through with the help and support of the local community. What we find in this situation normally, because we've had other clubs with financial issues in the past, is the players continue to play and do get paid by the club in the end. All I can say is we have worked with a lot of clubs in this type of situation, probably close to 70 other football league clubs, and they have been able to get through it, and thankfully for the better. Well, John, this is Leighton Orient FC, mate, and we aren't like any, any other club. Yeah, I think that's probably <clears throat> fair to say. I think the PFA have advised them not to strike because that would be deemed gross misconduct, which is the sackable offence type thing that they could get yes. get done for. So they don't want to put themselves in danger either because they've got mortgages and bills to pay as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we learnt later in the day that as it stands, the PFA will not be paying the players' wages bill for March. Yeah. So we're questioning really, what are the PFA actually doing? I think the PFA have just gone there and said, you need to get on with it really, boys, you know. He'll pay you. He's got the money, and he's yeah. telling you he's going to. It's it's. I guess it's a different situation to like the Morecambe situation where they actually don't, don't have, have money. money. Yeah, that's different because our man has got money. Well, the ball's in his court, whether he hits the ball back or not is something to, be, story, to be decided. Yeah. So also on Thursday, Gavin Massey's put out a funny tweet by just saying. How long is a few days? Question mark. Dot, yeah. dot, dot. I think him and Paul McCallum were having a bit <laughs> yeah. of uh, a social media banter with that. Loft released a statement on the uh, FB situation with the following key paragraphs. So they have a much larger statement, but we think the key element of that is the club is in utter disarray. The chief executive, Alessandro Angeleri, has not been seen at the ground for months. A number of suppliers have approached us since the winding up hearing on the 20th of March, and it is now clear to us that there are well over 50, 50, that is just for the sake of clarity, creditors <laughs> who have between them are owed hundreds of thousands of pounds. That creditors number just keeps them going up and, and up. up. And obviously as that number goes up, the amount of money owed will go up and up and up. Um, so I'd love to know who all these people are. I'm sure it will come out. It will come out of the court case, I would have thought, on the 12th of June, if not um, beforehand. And I can't see any other way on the 12th of June that the control gets relinquished from FB. I think the one positive out of all this is that you find out so many creditors are owed money and you just think he's not going to be able to re- get this, pull this one back. It's going yeah. to be so, there's going to be so many people who are owed money off the back of it mm. that if it goes to court on the 12th of June and if he still owes anyone anything, the judge will say, do you know what? You're done, mate. Jog on. Yeah. Even though I think that all end up the club going into administration. But at the moment, it seems like a small price to pay for getting rid of FB. But I guess we'll see on that one. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the statement, by saying and end sorry, and the end of the end the statement <laughs> by saying, Loft will be meeting the PFA next week to discuss how we can help move the club out the crisis. Good so, to see that Loft meet with the PFA there. And yes, and getting involved. Be interesting to see what the outcome of that is. Yeah. Also revealed on Thursday by George Sessions that Ollie Palmer told Luton Town reporter Mark Wood that he hasn't received a penny from Leighton Orient since he left on loan. I don't know what the arrangements of his loan no, are. I thought Luton took over his wages. Don't know that one. I wouldn't have thought they would have taken over 100%, but but we'll see. But Oli Palmer doing quite well. Luton scored a last-minute goal last weekend. Did he really? Yeah, Amazing how he could, him. couldn't score in a month <laughs> of Sundays for us, yet he's now joined a club that are fourth in the league. Yeah, and possibly could be playing League One football next year. Mental. Early in the evening, club. Uh, so we're still on Thursday. Early then in the uh, evening, 
uh, club doctor Craig Rosenblum announced he's leaving the club. He did that uh, quite publicly. Yeah. He did it on Twitter. His resignation comes after he saw his job advertised on an email mailing list of sports doctors. Um, he saw it online without knowing days after he asked to be paid before covering any more matches. Apparently, the club then called him unreliable. So <laughs> Craig then resigned. Yeah, I mean, what's that about? You know, you kind of working, you see your job advertised, and it puts into help. Yeah, you know, it brings a whole lot of things into what disrepute. What an absolute liberty our but, club is. But it's just, it's just typical, isn't it? It's just another small chapter in that Orient story of the way it's being run so we wish uh, Craig all the best and we hope he can um, sort, sort, sort that situation out going yeah, forward um, so Friday 7th of April it was our pleasure to announce in the early morning <laughs> that Rob Gagliardi has left the club and that was met with a lot of uh, positive tweets and again we're not going to mention any of those out because a family-friendly podcast, really. But uh, happy damn Friday. Of, happy damn Friday, yeah. Apparently, he'd left a month ago. It hadn't obviously been communicated by anybody because it hadn't been well publicised. So yeah. we are happy to bring people good news. Yeah, absolutely. To end your week nicely and positively. <laughs> um, and also, the club then announced the appointment of a chap called Neil Fenn as assistant manager until the end of the season. He joins with immediate effect, having spent time coaching and playing in Ireland for the likes of Shamrock Rovers, Dundalk, Bohemians, Cork City, and Waterford United. Yeah, I remember him from Championship Manager, Tottenham Youth. He actually played for Orient a couple of times back in the day. Orient had him on loan. No I remember a Championship Manager like 97, 98. He was like 18 or 19 at Spurs. He's going to him on loan. He'd do all right. Yeah. So hopefully it's a, okay. he's the same type of assistant manager. Yep. And Erbil um, Boskurt has also stepped up to fulfil the role of goalkeeper coach for the remainder of the season, having worked with the academy goalkeepers for a number of years. And there was a, quite a big Omar yeah. um, piece. piece on this. So we won't go into that, but there was a couple of things that's worth mentioning. Yeah, so he also, also said Peter Gill's position hasn't changed, so he continues to take the under-18s. He has a lot to take on this year. He's performed exceptionally well. Frederico Marais is a pro-licensed coach, so there's no issues with him stepping up and helping with the first team. So we reported on that one last uh, episode, last week, episode 100. Because, he came in because over, that had been wrongly reported, hadn't it? Yeah, it had, yep. Uh, <laughs> he came in over the past week and did a great job in assisting me whilst he knew I was looking to bring somebody in. So that was a good little quote there from Omer. Yeah, the club also confirmed last Friday, or on Friday, sorry, that Omer Ritza uh, will serve a one-match touchline ban for his dismissal against Wickham and we'll miss the Cambridge match. And the reason I'm laughing is I say that because your autocorrect has put a one-match touchiness ban. That's what we should do, me and you, a one-match, a a one-podcast touchless ban. Amazing autocorrect. Lovely. Finishing on Friday, as 5pm comes and goes, which was the deadline for one of the potential buyers uh, that they gave Bichetti. So 5pm, came, went, no news, so nothing happened with that one. Standard. on nicely to today, Saturday, the 8th of April, so obviously recording this on a Saturday evening instead of a Sunday that we usually do. Yep, so Cambridge away, so team was announced um, in goal, Sergeant, and then in defence, Pollock, Clark and Hap for midfield with Monker, Kelly, Collins, Semedo and Alzate with Caroma and Liebird up front. Um, subs, Granger, Barker, mm. Oching, Adebayo, Dorby, Abrahams and McLean, so some new names in that team yeah. lineup. So obviously lots of reports that 
players were going to be striking or injured or whatever way you would perceive that to be, whether or not they are injured or on strike, that's essentially up to everyone's individual uh, thoughts who's listening. So your views on that team? Yeah, given that the fact that there were so many injuries to the senior first team lot, yeah, very young, inexperienced side, but credit to Kelly and Collins who have turned up today and obviously Liebird as well. Says a lot about their character, says a lot about them. Um, the fact that they're not injured either, um, you know, is, is, is a bit of a blessing because so many are yeah. and have been for quite a long time. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on that one. So, yeah, credit to Kelly and Collins for playing. Also, Liebird, I guess, to a certain extent. Um, and that's a very, very young team with eight players aged 20 or below. Yeah, which only is three over 22. Feat. Crazy. So, <laughs> big reaction to that uh, that team on Twitter when it was announced. So, thanks again for all your tweets. A few that we'll just mention. Firstly, from MP Allen222, who said, As much as I fully support any player that's chosen to strike, I have huge respect for those who've chosen to play. And then also we got a tweet from at Bazal73, and I quite like this one, who says, even the NCAAs has refused to <laughs> Yeah, it made me laugh when I saw that. James O'Hagan said, on the plus side, we're doing our bit to give young homegrown talent first team experience. Hashtag always look on the bright side of life. And I'll also mention a kudos to Cambridge FC uh, for letting fans collect for the regeneration fund. So yeah. well done uh, to Cambridge. So just again, another club who've been very supportive of the situation at our club. And thank you very much, Cambridge. I know you won't be listening to this, but thank you very much yeah, indeed. Very, so very so neither of us, unfortunately, could make it to the game today. So we are now joined uh, live on the phone uh, by our mate John, who did go. Hi, John, you there? Yeah, how you doing, lads? Yeah, Hi, good, you right? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Cool. So opening 10 minutes of the game, what were your thoughts? How did we do? <clears throat> Same as usual, really. Bright start. Um... Guys were knocking it about nicely. Um, formation was a bit strange, obviously having um, Freddie Monker at wing back. And he, as the game went on, he sort of dropped further back and ended up more like a full back than a wing back. Um, so where he hadn't played in the position, obviously, before. So he did find it a bit difficult and took time to adjust to it. But we... we we held, the, held our own and they they done well really. None of none of the new players like Danny Hat looks looks steady. Didn't look out of place. So yeah, no, it was a decent start. That's good. And in the tenth minute, we we got Karoma controls the clearance, runs at the Cambridge defence and shoots wide. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, we were down the other end, so like it was quite a long way from us. But he, he sort of wriggled in uh, between the lines and. He just didn't catch his shot and just dragged it a little bit wide, but it was a good opening. He had he had a chance, but it was he sort of just snatched at the shot a little bit. And then in the seventeenth minute, Liam Kelly tried a bit of a cheeky one. He tried to catch Will Norris off his line, but didn't quite work. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it did it. To be fair, we as the, as the game goes on, we didn't have many shots, so. We were just happy to to see people having a go, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was no harm in having a go from it. Definitely, he was he was off his line. So, you know, um, it was definitely worth having a go at. And in Cambridge side putting on the pressure, didn't they? After that, as the game went around the twentieth, twenty fifth minute. Yeah, we we like you say on Orient player. When I was listening, it did sound like we started off really really brightly, but then then sort of Cambridge start to to catch their stride. They did. They did, but they weren't. You couldn't really say they were threatening. Um, I mean, 
Sars literally didn't have to do anything really. I mean, he hardly made any saves in the game. Um, so although they had, they did have a bit more of the ball and and got into some positions, they didn't really hurt us, and we dealt with it. So um, you know, it's the same old story. Like team wasn't amazing, but we've we've you know obviously through the inexperience of the boys, we've um, we've let them get the victory. So. So that victory started with the first goal in. So in the 31st minute, Cambridge took the lead as Luke Berry headed home across from Dunk. So we've 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 seen the goals and stuff. So do you want to talk us through through the goal from yeah, your perspective? Fair, they got him down the left hand side, and to be fair, it was, it was a decent cross. He sort of hung it out to the back post, and um, it was just um, a bit of positional bad positioning on our defence, really. But with the three young lads at the back, it was to be expected, and it. Was, he nearly got ahead on it. I think it was Danny Abbott at the back, at the back post. Um, it just sort of looped over his head, and he was he was in on the back back post. Um, Luke Berry. So yeah, good yeah, player, unfortunate, Luke Berry, really. Yeah. But to be fair, it was a decent ball. The guy did well down the left. Yeah, very um, good balling. It, it was a good cross. And then in the thirty seventh minute, and um, this was sort of got quite good. Um, Sort of, you know, uh, quite good comments about this on Orient player. Um, Michael Collins crossed in for Liebird, but his header was saved by Norris. So apparently, that was a really good header and a really good save. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, Collins done all right again, um, and uh, he put a good ball in. And it was, to be fair, it was one of the few decent things that Liebird did. Cause he had a, hmm. For me, he, he was, his head wasn't there at all. Um, he had, a, he had, a, he just didn't put himself. About and that was the one time I think in the game where really he got in a good position um, for the guys to cross in for him. So yeah, I mean it was a good chance, but unfortunately uh, their keeper saved it. So yeah, and it's not going your way. It's not going your way. It's just three minutes later. It was two 0 at Cambridge. This time a free kick whipped in again from the left from Maris, and O'Neill ahead of his marker scored with a header, and again another set piece goal conceded. Pretty good header from what to I've be, seen. To be fair, that, I thought that was a really good goal. Um, you know, because I mean, he was he was quite away past the near post. Yeah. So it was like a glancing header um, into the sort of far right hand corner. So uh, you know, he got a little run on his on his um, on his marker. But you know, even if we had the senior players, I'm not sure whether you know they might have they might have stopped him getting it. But it was I thought that was just a good goal, really. What was the uh, mood like in the Orient end when that went in? I mean, I I, I knew I know yeah, there was some bullshitty out chanting before that wasn't there. Yeah, no. Everyone knows the score, you know, and I know like obviously this week with with all the uh, alleged injuries, um, <laughs> uh, you know, everyone knew what it was and what it was going to be, and that and the guys kept fighting, and no one, no one really got on their back, you know. Mm. Obviously, we were disappointed, but but the yeah, the mood was still right in in uh, with the supporters. To be fair, like that has been for the last few weeks. Everyone's just stuck together. Yeah, and then so half time we went in two 0 down, and you know it seemed like that first goal was the turning point. Once we go goal yeah. down, we find it very hard to get back into no, it. Uh, well, to be fair, I thought the second goal was the turning point. Okay. Um, because we were in the game, and we would meet. I was with a couple of lads um, who I met up with up there, and we were all saying like just before the second goal, well, we'll take going in one 0 at half time because we'd done all right. You know, we'd be in the game, and it, it was a shame just to let that one in um, before half time. 
Yeah, good point. Good point. So attendance announced at 4,681 with 641 Orient fans making the trip. So pretty decent number, I think, there. Great number, actually. Yeah, really good number. I think Dave commented, Dave Victor commented that last year we took about 1,100. Yeah. So it's quite a drop, but still a decent number. We took more than that. We took nearly 1,500 last year because I went. Yeah, yeah. Under the conditions, yeah. though, I guess six hundred forty-one is a pretty, a pretty good number. Yeah. Um, so second yeah. half kicked off. No subs for Orion. Fiftieth minute, Dunks header hit the post after a decent cross there by George Newton. Yeah, and then in the fifty-third minute, failure to deal with the ball, pinging around the box really, and Cambridge capitalised and made it three nil, three nil through Maris. Really, you know, obviously just to this is the fifty-third minute. So again, we're here with this first ten minutes of the second half stat. Um, but having looked at that goal back as well, I mean, it just Dan. I think Hat was at fault for not getting rid of it, and then it comes out, and then it pings about. It's just, it's just someone just needed to grab the ball by the horns and just get shot of it, really. Yeah, there was a bit of bad luck in there as well, because to be fair, there was a couple of really good blocks from shots to start with, and and they uh, there was good, good blocks, but. And then, as you say, it came to Danny Happ and he took a little bit too long over it. And the guy just nipped in and sort of stopped him from clearing it. And then it just bubbled about. But, um, it, yeah, it, was, it weren't great. But a bit unfortunate as well with blocks that went straight back to their players. Mm, yeah. Which, as we all know, when we're at the bottom, that's what happens. You don't get the rubber the green. Yeah, and a 3-0 done. Dusted yeah, game, game over, over, really. And then there was a few more chances in the next couple of minutes of Cambridge's Ikpizu cut inside, shot, and Sargent tipped wide. And in the 59th minute, Maris shot, and Sargent got a hand to it, and Clark cleared for a corner. So still under immense pressure um, just after that goal. And in the 60th minute, Adebayejo and Abrahams came on for Leeburn and Karoma. John, thoughts on Leeburn and Karoma? Did they do much? Or did they uh, take a bit surprised to... Karoma. It's a bit surprising, sub Karoma. It might, be, might have been just like he was tiring, but he was pretty warm. So, you know, a couple of players went down with cramp after that. Um, but Karoma had a good game. We were impressed with him. He, he didn't quite run for him, but he, he had the beating of his, his defenders a couple of times, his marker. Um, Lightbirds, for me, was awful. Okay. I mean, I could, couldn't criticise anyone else. But that guy's getting paid by his club anyway. He's got no excuse. And for someone who is out on loan putting himself in a shop window, I mean, I'm surprised, I'd be surprised if he broke sweat. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah, no, he, he was awful. awful. I mean, he, that was the problem. a lot of the problem in the first half. We were getting the ball in good positions and there was just no movement from him up, up front. He was static and he was so easy to mark and like the guys were looking up for a pass and for him to move and there was nothing and I was really disappointed with him. Good point. Very good point. Quiet, so. quiet for the next sort of ten to fifteen minutes. Then, but then Liam Kelly goes down in the box, stands up, and then goes down what looked like quite easily actually, and he gets booked for simulation. So, was that honestly a penalty? The first no, time he got booked? No, down? it wasn't. But there were, we, I think um, there was a chance before. I've got a feeling it was Alzate. Literally just before, a few seconds before, and um, he did get a clip. Um, which could have been given as a penalty, but yeah, to be fair, the, the, the Kelly one, I didn't think, we didn't think it was a penalty for the people around us. So, Wouldn't it whether it was a dive or something else, but it didn't look like a penalty. Yeah, yeah. also missed it. Danny Happ had to go off with Cramp and came off for Henry Sorry, yeah, who came that. in. And then, yeah, after that, after that booking incident, three minutes of added time were played 
Alzate drilled a shot wide, I think in the 92nd minute, and the full-time whistle went as we slipped to an expected defeat, I would probably say, to Cambridge. What was it like post-match after the whistle had gone, John, from fans to players and players to fans? Absolutely brilliant. Uh, everyone was singing Orient, um, obviously some Bacchetti outs as well, but um, yeah, everyone was singing and supporting, everybody came over to clap the fans, um, and yeah, it's a real show of solidarity, um, which makes the club so, so special, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, in these times, I mean, I think in the last six games we've scored one and conceded 20. I don't think there'd be many supporters that would uh, would be going travelling in those numbers and supporting our team like we have. Yeah, I and mean, we are a credit to the club now. No, really definitely. Are. Yeah, definitely. Great set. Thank you, mate. Thanks for um, thanks for coming on and, and sharing that with us. Um, we'll catch you soon. Yeah, no worries. All the best, lads. You too, mate. See you later. Cheers, John. Bye. So that was John McIntyre speaking uh, from a fan's perspective at t- today's game. So thank yeah. you there to John. So after the match, Omar Risa has said it has been a difficult respect of not being able to plan properly and that is very frustrating for a manager and coach. When you don't know what you've got, you can't prepare for a session because you don't know what is going to happen and what the outcome is. We have had players drop out on Friday with little niggles. Nicky Hunt has had a problem with his knee for a while and has played through it. But Friday, it was too much, so he decided to stay at home. Yeah, I mentioned a few other players, but um, for the sake of time, we're not going to go into all of that. But he did comment about Francesco Bichetti. He said, I saw him yesterday and he said as he did to me and Webby in our last meeting, that he will honour the contracts of the players. He spoke about the technicality of a new bank account that he's setting up, and once that is sorted, he will pay everybody, and I can only take that on face value. If somebody else, if somebody looks me in the, in the face and says that is happening, there is nothing else I can do. I have to believe that, and I want to. Yeah, it's a fair play to Omer. He's only going on what he's been told by Bichetti, so... Obviously, we'll keep you posted on that one as we hear it. So, yeah. league table, so that defeat means we stay bottom of League 2. Just five games left to play and ten points from safety. So, as it stands, we could be relegated this Friday if we lose to Luton and both Cheltenham and Hartlepool win. So, we could be non-league by 4.45 on Friday. Good Friday. Which won't be, be a good Friday, Friday at all. Yeah. So your views on today, Mr. Lee? Yeah, 3-0 three nil no- losses are sort of really commonplace and our goal difference is well over the minus 30 mark now, which is just just a real, real shame and real terrible. Uh, it's not even about damage limitation either. You know, for me, we're down. Just need Bacchetti to take one of the offers on the table and we can all move on. This is for me. This is all very, very exhausting, and I can't wait really for the season to be over. And credit to the players who turned up today too. But there's no shame yeah. on those who didn't. Yeah, we got very similar views. Without you reading view? obviously, yeah, 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 so yeah, another expected defeat, and it's just a matter of time now until relegation is confirmed. On the pitch, same problems at the back, but great experience for the youngsters who played. True and football, you know, really yeah. not the priority anymore, is it? Strange as it sounds, we all wait with bated breath to find out what is going on with the ownership. But like you said, I respect the players who were striking or officially injured and unable to play. But I also respect the players who did play. So five games left until this horrible, horrible season ends. So yeah. quite a few views, but we'll mention a few of what we got. Starting with at Robert Lock 14, who says it was really to be expected, wasn't it? With men versus boys. Yeah, at Len N4, just end this season already. Not just for my sake, but for the kids on the pitch. 
They don't deserve this. Yeah, David Rickard, AC says, to be honest, on the pitch does not matter at the moment. Fair play to the players for going out there. Best fans, we have bigger worries. At Richard J. Bourne, Bacchetti's work is almost done. Not much of a club left yeah. to kill now. Simon Big Sue says, this season has hurt every O's fan. Surely going down can't hurt anymore. At El Coado, we're down. I've felt this way for a long time. I hope FB is proud of what he's managed to achieve in just three years at the helm. Yeah, at Kid Sampson O's says, it could have been much worse. Best result for weeks, considering the size. A completely different aspect there from... Uh, from Matt, so thanks for your tweet there, Matt. Okay, strong O forty three. Can see betting companies not taking any bets on our games before the end of the season. They must have got buried today. Yeah, and last week of this episode comes from at Matty LOFC Evans, who says, "Accept our relegation like men and rebuild. Let's get excited for the non-league journey ahead." So again, quite a positive one. So thanks for all the tweets that we had, um, and sorry if we haven't been able to mention yours. Yeah, Prediction League update. At LenM4, at Remy underscore Wanless, at LOFC1978. You can see there's quite a few there that, quite that a are predicting yeah. it already. At The Authentic Gaz, at Tommy Tealeaf, at ReedyQB9, at IMMO, at Lee Gibbs1, at DeWard underscore 7, at O's Fan Basing, who all predicted 3 0. Yep. But massive kudos to at Les underscore Bristow, who predicted 3 0. And one of the Cambridge goal scorers, so gets the bonus point. And the full table is on our Facebook page. So currently, O's fan basing is leading by just six points. There are five games left. Yeah. Lots of points up for grabs, Absolutely. people. So fantasy football update. So as it stands, because we called on Saturday night, it's only kind of halfway through the uh, this week's fixtures. But as it stands, Elliot Hartfree Pierce leads the league by 21 points, ahead of second place Barry Underwood. I am currently 24th with the aim of a top 20 finish looking more than likely at the moment. Okay, so good. that's where fantasy football is. So let's round up then for the week with the positives and negatives. So positives, firstly, support is still top-notch, you know, taking 641 fans to an away match, bottom of league two, knowing that you're going to see hardly any <coughs> established players. Yeah. It's a great achievement. Second positive, Loft still working behind the scenes, still lots going on. They're still planning for every... Uh, possible scenario as well as all the regeneration fund that's going on so very good work going on there behind the scene and the last positive this week is the youth players obviously getting experience not under ideal circumstances but getting experience nonetheless yeah one other that I've just thought of as a positive the supporters club reducing the coaches to £10 yeah. great work there by the supporters club yeah, so yeah four positives amazingly four positives yeah balancing that out though with yeah. four negatives players and staff obviously still not paid terrible yeah injuries quotation marks uh, in quotation marks yeah, yeah. Uh, Francesco Bacchetti still being in charge of, of our club uh, and obviously as a final negative our goal difference Yep, so Hero of the Week. So this week we're going to award Hero of the Week to all the staff at Lady Orient Football Club who have carried on working while not being paid. So to each and every one of you who listens to this podcast, a massive thank you to you for doing, doing what, what you, you do. do because yeah. if you didn't, there would be no club for us to talk about and no club to support. So yeah. well done and kudos to you all. Yeah, next week's fixtures. So we have two fixtures over the upcoming Easter period. Firstly, on Good Friday, we make the short-ish trip to Luton. It's an all-ticket match, as we mentioned at the top of the show. Luton are currently in fourth. They are eight points off the automatic place. They beat Barnet 1-0, I think a 67th-minute goal, to beat them this weekend. 
then we've got the vital home match against Hartlepool relegation six-pointer on Easter Monday. Hartlepool are 22nd outside the relegation zone by just three points, having drawn one all against Morecambe this weekend. Yeah, so that's it. Yeah, that is it. So it's been another turbulent week off the pitch with the wages of staff still not played at the club, which is quite frankly very poor. I think we all agreed that. Followed by another defeat on the pitch, meaning that really now is a question of when we're relegated and not if off the pitch there is still no clear indication of where whether FB is going to sell up. So we'll have to wait at least another episode before we can report of any further news on ownership. And it looks like episode 102 we could be talking about relegation. So thanks for joining us for episode 101. And because of Easter, we'll be back with episode 102 on Monday. 17th of April, which is Easter Monday. Uh, so that'll be in the evening after the Hartlepool yeah. match. So we're going to leave you this week with uh, one of our favourite Bruce Springsteen songs this week. So we just like to wish you a very happy Easter, however you celebrate it. Keep in touch. We look forward to hearing from you. We've got lots of auction stuff available, so keep your eyes out on that. All money going to the Lottery Gen Fund, so keep calm and always listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. We'll see you a week on Monday. Adios. <laughs>